0: Welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. If you want to improve your spearfishing and hear some wild stories, you've come to the right place. Hey guys. Well, I thought I would do this episode on a topic that I've actually been asked um, about many, many times. And that topic is what is the best spare gun for a new diver. So straight away, this is a, this is going to be a very contentious topic, I imagine. Um, it seems that every single person that dives has managed to find something that they like and they swear by it, and um, you can't say anything bad about it, or you're going to upset them. So anyway, I'm going to just make some some general observations on this as to what what does a beginner diver need in a spear gun so let's just break down the question best spear gun so best is a relative term best for what so let's just think about the beginner diver that that individual is not likely to be going and targeting enormous 20 kg fish as the first fish that they are targeting they are going to be targeting smaller fish. They're going to be diving probably in shallower water. Um, they're probably not going to be diving for very long to start with. Of course, with the goal that they're going to be able to improve. So, the spear gun needs to be appropriate for that. Now, the other key point I would say is when you start looking at very long spear guns, If you watch some of the YouTube videos on how to load them, there is absolutely a technique involved. And I've seen plenty of uh, people struggling to load their own spear guns. Um, And often they were beginners and they were using maybe somebody else's spear gun. And it was a long gun. And it's really all about technique. It's much less about brute strength and it is about technique. Um, And the reason being that the bands are stretchy, so you need to know how to balance the different points of the spare gun because it's too long for you to grab the bands and and, um, and load it. So the gun needs to be short enough that a new diver can load it relatively easily while they're still learning their technique. But at the same time, I don't think you want a gun that is one of these tiny little guns designed for hunting in in caves, sort of a 40 or or maybe a 50-centimeter spear gun, because, and and again, I'm assuming that this is for an adult diver. If we're talking about for a child diver or a teenager, that would probably be fine. A 50-centimeter would be okay. But if we're talking about an adult that's starting diving, with a gun that short, those guns are really designed either for very small caves or experienced divers tend to use them in very dirty water. So as a new diver, you're not going to be wanting to dive in water of one meter visibility. It's, um, it's very difficult. It's not enjoyable. You just wouldn't want to do that for a long, long time. In, uh, in fact, <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to do that. It's just um, sometimes that's uh, the situations you're faced with. So, okay, so I'm going to go out and say I think the shortest length spear gun you would want to go is about a 75, 60 to 75 centimeter spear gun. I think that would be good. Now, on the longer length, my initial thoughts are that you should not go longer than one meter. And I know everyone is going to be jumping up and down now saying, I started with a longer gun. Okay, fine. You can go if you live somewhere where the water is extremely clean and a one meter gun, you're just, no one's going to be able to use it. Fine. A 120 centimeter spear gun. And what I'm talking about here when I'm talking about the length is I'm talking about the length of the barrel And the reason I'm just using the standard centimeter, um, uh, I guess, way that they are classified is because as a new spear fisherman, I don't think you should be using anything other than a standard pipe gun, which means it's got a handle, which is the bit you hold. It looks with the trigger. And then it's got a pipe of some sort and then it's got a muzzle with some lobs attached to the muzzle just through a simple loop of some sort. I do not think as a beginning spear fisherman you want to be touching a Lola gun. Um, there's many highly, highly experienced spear fishermen that don't touch them even then because they, they find them complicated or, or um, unnecessary and certainly, as a beginner, there are just there's so many moving parts, and there's it's more complicated to wind the line up. You do not do not even think about getting a roller gun as a beginner. Now, the next options are: should you be getting a um, gun with a aluminium barrel, or a carbon fibre barrel, or a wood barrel? Those those really are the three options. So, my thoughts on this are. Carbon fiber is, it's a high quality product. But again, you're paying for the fact that it's a high quality product. And as a beginner, what if you try spearfishing and you don't like it? You don't want to have bought an expensive piece of equipment that then you just want to get rid of. So I don't think that it's a good investment for a beginner to start with a carbon barreled spear gun. My hands down recommendation would be a plain, simple spear gun with an aluminium barrel. Now, I know some people, there's going to be plenty of people who say, but I love my wooden spear guns. I've had a life and that's what I started on and I love it. And it's okay, cool, cool. But there is a little bit more work involved with wood in the sense that um, you do need to oil it occasionally. You may need to re-varnish it. Look, of course, you can get by without doing any of that, but it is also generally a slightly bigger, slightly bulkier spear gun than an aluminium barrel. So just because it's a slightly more complicated system than a, an aluminium barrel, I'm again going to just say stick to an aluminium barreled spear gun. Very simple. Now, with that, there's there's really only two options for um Uh, when it comes to rubbers for this. And we've already said you are not going to do roller muzzles or inverted rollers or any of these fancy things. No pneumatic spear guns um, unless you live in the Mediterranean and everyone's got pneumatics. But if you don't, um, in fact, even if you live in the Mediterranean, I would strongly suggest you start with a rubber-powered spear gun. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you've ever tried to load a pneumatic... Um, what actually happens is that the point, while you're loading it, you, you have to put the, um, the handle either in your waist or on your foot. And so as you load it, the point is very close to your face. And so I think as a new diver, there's just too much potential for something to go long. Look, thousands of people have um, successfully done it. But if you've got the choice... I would say start with a normal band-powered spear gun. Okay, now with the bands, the the two options on the bands are the European system is each side of the band has a little bit of a a screw-in bit and you screw them into the muzzle and and that's how you fix them in place. So they're they're fine, I guess. Um, The beauty of them is that you can just buy other bands and it's very quick to just unscrew them and screw in another band. Um, okay, that's the European system. My suggestion is that you go for a circu- a gun that uses a circular rubber band. And what that means is it's just one piece of rubber that goes in a big loop and at, at the end there's a little um, what they call a bridle or a wishbone now, for that, again, my suggestion is you want to be using a material wishbone. So it's it's called Dyneema. It's like a very heavy-duty cord. So sometimes um, some manufacturers will have one that's stainless steel wire. I would not suggest that. And the reason I wouldn't suggest that is because as it starts wailing that stainless steel wire starts to um, flay a little bit and it, it actually becomes very sharp and it can cut your hands up quite a bit. I would absolutely not recommend you touch any of the articulated bridles. So in, instead of just a, a, a piece of wire strap, there's, it's actually a, a metal, um, like a flat piece of metal with um, at the end of the wishbones and that's what goes and hooks onto the spear. Those I have seen people just about lip their fingers off with those. It's it's a hard piece of metal, and if your finger gets caught in that, it's going to hurt a lot. Um, so, as especially as a beginner, don't even think about it. Forget it. Um, just from the safety perspective. So, we really are down to the most simple setup. You want a simple spear gun, an aluminium barrel with a band, just it's one piece of lubber coming around in a, in a band with a simple um, uh, cord wishbone, so a piece of dyneema. And, and it should be preferably between 75 and 1 meter long. Now, I'm going to suggest that the, the actual band, because you're still learning the loading technique, you you don't need a heavy duty spear. You don't need a very thick spear. You can get away very comfortably with a six or six and a half millimeter spear, uh, um, and, and that's the the diameter of the spear spear. So that would be fine. Um, and in terms of the lubber, again, we measure the the thickness of the lubber by the diameter. And for the beginner, you only are going to need you know fourteen to probably at the upper limit, a 16-millimeter rubber, and you only need one of them on a spare gun up to a meter. If you're going to go 1.2 meters, what might make more sense then is to have two very thin rubbers, so two rubbers that are 10 millimeters or 12-millimeter diameter. Um, and that's that's just because when you get to a 1.2 spare gun, it's... Uh, it's you can't actually normally reach the rubbers just w- when you've put the sphere gun against your chest in the loading motion. So it's going to be easier for you if you've just got two skinny rubbers and you just load one at a time and then um, you don't need too much strength to do it. You can take your time um, and it, it, it'll be fine for you to, um, to get your technique right. But of course, you'll still have um, possibly a bit more power because it's a longer spear gun. If if you've got the two um, thin rubbers, so okay. The other thing that I think you really need to look for on a on your spear gun is look at the spear and just look at where the where the wishbone goes in the spear. There'll be a little notch. Now just have a look at that. Feel. Just imagine when that's loaded. The the bit where the the um. The bridle or the wishbone is going to go. It should be curved on the edges, and if if, it, if it's a cheap spear, it's just going to be a square um, cut, and it's going it's just going to be like they've cut it with a hacksaw. It's not going to be going around smoothly on the edges, and if you feel it, it's going to feel sharp or rough. Now, I think if you're using a dyneema or cord wishbone it's just going to get cut up on that and it's going to break so those that style of spear is generally if for um people who are using the metal articulated wishbones which obviously it doesn't matter it's um if the spear is a bit rough it's not going to damage the wishbone if it's metal if um and even if it's the metal cord it's probably okay but We've already said, as a beginner, you do not want to touch those just because of the safety involved. Um, I I would argue that, you know, you probably, certainly for a long part of you, unless you've got a very good reason, you probably don't need those. Um, A lot of the Mediterranean divers do like them for uh, diving in holes um, and in caves. I've never really understood why. Um it just it seems like a terrible design idea to me. It just seems like an accident waiting to happen, but each to their own. Um, I actually I think the main reason they use it is because they've got spares spears that they haven't um that aren't very good. So they haven't um smoothed out the edges so that it doesn't cut a cord bridle. And so instead of doing that and fixing the spear, They've just used a piece of metal as the wishbone, but uh, yeah, again, it's just don't don't go there. it's um it's it's a dangerous thing, especially for the beginner. Okay, the next thing, when we're talking the muzzle, so that's the bit where the the bands come through, I'm going to go ahead and just say, as a beginner, there's only one option you need to look for, and that is a closed muzzle spear gun. And what that means is, When the spear is out, there's a hole in the end. So the spear has to go back through the hole and then you slide it all the way back in until it locks on the mechanism. And then if you shake the spear gun, even if you haven't lapped up the line or anything, the spear's not going anywhere. And now that's important, especially if you're a beginner, because you will still not have learned things about for instance, correctly wrapping a spear onto the muzzle if it's an open muzzle. Um, it's just one less thing you need to worry about. So, okay, I think that's, that's given you a, a general outline on the spear gun. Now, the other bit of gear that you, you need, and again, I'm going to suggest this quite strongly for a beginner spear fisherman, is that my suggestion is you use a float line, Instead of a reel on your spear gun. So the difference is a float line is you've got a float that's going to be a high visibility float with a little flag on it. Now, these don't have to be huge, expensive things. You can buy little ones that um that they're not that expensive at all. They're very high visibility. They're obviously and known by a lot of boats and, and watercraft users and divers that's known as a diving float and you'll get it at any dive shop you can um many of them you can just blow them up um it's got one of those mouth valves like um, like an inflatable mattress and you can just inflate that yourself until it's nice and hard stick the flag in it and then it should have a bit of cord so a bit of bit of string and again if you if you Tight on money, you know, you you can use your own string, but the cheap ones all come with um a bit of basic cord, and that's all you need between that and the spear gun. So the spear gun's tied on the cord, the cord goes probably you probably only need 10 meters of cord um if you're a beginner, and then you have your float. And on the other end of the float, you just need to tie um for a soft float, I would suggest just tie a piece of string, and then if you catch a fish. Thread that string through the gills and just tie a knot, tie it up tight, and that's what you can can use. So many divers, especially if you're using hard floats, they'll have a metal stinger to to string their fish, and um, it's got a hard spike. You don't really want that if you've got a got a very really soft, cheap float because it can puncture it. So the 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 easiest and the cheapest option is just a piece of string. That you can tie your fish up, um, and you just go, go through the through the mouth and out one of the gills, and then tie it, tie um, a couple of granny knots or, or something on. You know, just make sure you tie it up with a few decent knots. So the reason I'm suggesting you go with a um, a float, there's actually a few reasons. Firstly, if you're a beginner. I've seen this plenty of times when you dive down and something happens or or you bump into something in a cave or, I don't know, some kelp catches your mask and pulls it up and you get your mask floods with water or your friend swims and hits kicks you with their fin and, and your mask floods with water or you, or you get a flight. And what tends to happen is people just drop everything and swim for the surface. So... If you've got a gun that's got a reel on, well, you know, there's a pretty good chance you're going to end up dropping it and, you know, depending on where you are, you might lose it. So that's the one reason. The second reason is if you're using a gun with a reel, if you shoot a fish, there's a tendency to just stay on the bottom or stay underwater and try and pull the fish in or or try and unhook it or, or try to pull the fish up to the surface if you're a beginner you don't want any of that you don't want to have to think or worry about any of that stuff. You want to be able to shoot the fish, let the gun go and swim to the surface and then go to your float and pull the pull the line in and retrieve your your um, gun with the fish attached. And that's how you do it. It really is that simple. You let the float and the line basically um, keep your gun secure and, and keep the fish on. And and you just go up and and pull it from the you can pull the fish up from the surface. Um, So of course, as as you get better, you can you can hold the line as you're going up and just keep tension on. That'll be something you you'll learn. Um, And I'll I'll talk about all these things in other podcasts. Um, But okay, the so those were two things. Now the other one is that as a beginner, you are. You're fairly disoriented in the water already, and and this it doesn't matter if you've been a swimmer or you've done, you know, you've spent plenty of time on the water. If you're new to diving, and you're in the water, and there's there can be actually quite a lot of sound, and if you're in an area with boats, I mean, you have no, you're not used to judging whether the boat is approaching, whether it's going, how close it is, how much of a risk it is to you, so. If you were very, very experienced and you had a, just a real gun without a float, looks not ideal, but many people do it. And somehow, I, and I, this constantly amazes me that more people aren't hit by boats when they're just diving with a real gun and without a float. But anyway, somehow they seem to hear it coming, come up, put the gun up, wave, and, and often there's a bit of angry shouting and then they get avoided. But especially if you're a beginner, and, and look, actually, everyone should carry a dive float. Um, but especially if you're a beginner, having that float there so that people can see you there, people on jet skis or boats or other divers or whatever the case is, they can see that you, where you are and they're not going to run you over with a boat. And the, it's really, I've had some incredibly close calls, which, um, again, I'll, I'll talk about on this podcast on, on a different um, episode. But it, it's amazing how quickly a boat will, if you're underwater, how it'll appear out of nowhere and suddenly it's right on top of you. And remember, when you're in the water, you can't actually see that far because you're, your eyes are at water level. So a boat can appear and you can suddenly hear it. You can't see anything and then you only see it from sort of 50 meters away or if there's a bit of waves, maybe less. And so having that float there is going to be really, really useful. The other thing that the reason why you need it is you need somewhere to put your fish. Um, I know in, for instance, the Mediterranean, people will just tie the fish around their waist. If you are anywhere other than the Mediterranean, for God's sake, do not do that. If you tie fish around your waist, if there's a shark and it goes for the fish, it's going to maybe bite you. And I personally know of two or maybe three stories actually of people getting bitten and two of them actually dying. In, this is guys in Mozambique because they tied fish around their waist. So don't do that. You put your fish on the float, you kill them, you put them on the float. So anyway, that that's, um, I, I know that sort of got a little bit longer than just the spear gun, but you need to consider the spear gun the line and the float, that as a leg, And it, it, they all work together. So that would be my suggestion for, for new divers. Now, in some places, I understand that the fish are kind of small. You don't even need a float line. You don't even need a reel. I still suggest you use one because what if you drop your gun? Um, so, yeah, I hope that's been helpful. And I will talk to you again in another episode. Ciao